Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are, Monday. At least it'll be Monday, July 27th, when you listen to this. And it's a kind of a strange week. It is going to be, for the first time in a while, a solo episode. I can't even remember the last time I did one of these, but this week and next week. And I guess leading up to this point, which is funny, I had this break in guests and recording. Leading up to this point, three different people, three different times when I was having conversations about either brand usually i've been very curious and into brand and brand strategy recently and leading up to this point three different people just asked if i ever kind of went through my story and i guess i really haven't i think people who listen to this show regularly know bits and pieces because i do bring them up like i'm not it's not like i don't talk about them but i've never kind of given a run through of my story so what i really wanted to do today for the solo episode was talk about kind of the three, I guess maybe you could call it four major points in my life that taught me something that were excruciating, that were really tough to get through, but I learned something crazy important. And the the whole point of this being is something I preach in quotes, something I preach (laughs) a lot is learning from your mistakes, is open your eyes and paint. That's something that has been a key part of my growth as an individual in the 30 34 years I've been alive. So each little point, I want to bring up what I got from it. And I will also encourage you to think in the way that I think sometimes, and would have I gotten the same thing from it if it didn't happen, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because I can look at these things that I've learned in my life that are really, they're priceless. A lot of people haven't learned them. A lot of people don't even know it exists, maybe. I don't know. But there are things that I've learned that are absolutely priceless. And would it be worth it if I could take back that shitty thing that happened to me to give that up? And I don't think it would be. So let's do it, shall we? All right. So the first thing would obviously be, and I'm going to go in chronological order, would be my brother and sister dying when I was 15. It's really bizarre. Like, I barely remember anything that happened before I was 15. I hear people talking about being able to have memories when they were like three. And I have a few here and there when I was five. You know, I have a few memories from kindergarten and stuff. But majority of my life is a blur up until 15. Or I could or I could say it in this way that it got more vivid when I turned 15. And maybe that just kind of overpowered the, the other memories. And this is something that I've probably talked about in bits and pieces that people have heard me talk about the most, so I'm not going to stay on it for a long time. But I do want to talk about one of the most incredible things that I got from this situation happening. And one of the things I would say that really started when that happened was you stop giving a fuck about all the small things. You stop caring about somebody saying something about you behind your back and you stop learning to hold grudges because you don't know when somebody will be taken from you. And that made life at very young age for me a lot less stressful, not giving a shit. 
the small things are the small things. We're not going to hold grudges. We're not going to make a big deal out of something that isn't a big deal. We're all humans. We all screw up. And like that was just so hit you in the face when something that tragic happens. Like I see so many growing ass people get so pissed off and hold a grudge over something so stupid for such a long time. And it is comical. When somebody you love dies, shockingly, immediately, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I make a big deal out of some stupid shit. So that is hands down one of the biggest things. And again, saying what I said in the beginning, if that didn't happen, would I have learned that incredible, incredible gift? Would I have ever learned that if I didn't go through something so tragic? So that happened when I was 15. And really, I don't even think I realized how much that even affected me at that age for at least a decade. But then for some reason, you know, in my early 20s, I met a soon-to-be wife and then ex-wife. And kind of looking back at that whole relationship, because if you would have asked me back then, back then my mindset, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself, self-acceptance, self-love. So if you would have asked me back then what I was good at, and because I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself at that point, or self-love for myself, I would have said the only thing I'm good at is being a dad. I knew from a young age I wanted to be a father, and I always knew I'd be great at it. I always knew I'd be a great father. So I had two kids with a woman that I eventually kind of realized and woke up in the middle of. It's like, I, I'm not, like, I don't love her. I'm not in love with her. I shouldn't say I don't love her. I don't care about her. Because I do, as a human being, as a mother of my kids, I do care about her and want her to be happy. But I realized, like, I'm not in love with this woman. Why am I doing? And that's a tough realization to come to in the middle of a relation, a marriage, in the middle of a marriage with two children. Like if most people who wake up in that moment just kind of, all right, just do what they do for the rest of their lives. And a lot of people are in relationships because of this, because they, they'll wake up and they realize it's not what they want. They're not r truly and honestly, if they told themselves, they're not in love with the other person. How many people wake up in that and do nothing and sit in that marriage and that relationship for the rest of their lives? So that was, that was at the point, the crossroads I was at. And then I had to make this decision. Okay, do I tell this person I can't do this anymore? This isn't what I want. Or do I just go on the rest of my life and do this? And what made me actually go through with it, the final thought I remember was, I would be able to look both of my children in the eyes and tell them I followed my heart. Even though I made a mistake, I should have known, you know, maybe not to get married to this woman. Even though I made a mistake, I'm still, you have to own it and face it and live with it if you are going to truly follow your purpose and passion. Because there's times when you're on your path and you'll have this crazy aha moment and you realize, holy shit, I'm in the complete opposite space where I want to be right now. And this happens and you have to be able to own your shit. And that is not easy to do. So I had to own the failure at that moment couldn't blame her for whatever it was I wanted to blame her for. I couldn't blame anybody except, all right, I made a mistake. Here it is. So I got to own it and now I got to live with it. And I, this is where I struggled was living with it because of that lack of confidence and that lack of self-love and acceptance. I couldn't own it. And what made me owning that so much, that pain so much easier was hydrocodone, you know, Oxycontin, whatever it was, that's what made me able to own it. And as you know, where that can lead to and where a lot of times it does lead to is obviously abuse, overuse, addiction, whatever the hell word you want to use for it. The one thing that I really, I would say that my divorce taught me, and this was an awesome one, 
after I think a lot about relationships and what unconditional love really means and what that is and what that looks even looks like. I mean, I wonder, can we ever truly love unconditionally as human beings? I don't know. Adventure to say, yeah, probably, depending on what you mean by the term unconditional love, but because that can get mixed up a little bit. But for me, I always thought with my divorce, because, yeah, I, I mean, I broke her heart. I don't wish that upon anybody. Anybody would have to look another human being in the eye and say, I'm not in love with you. That That's the toughest thing ever. And she was obviously angry with me. And I would put money on still is bitter seven years later, still is bitter and angry about it. But maybe not. I don't know. But what that really taught me was if you really love somebody unconditionally and for who they are, authentically, genuinely love somebody, and they want to even move on and try something else, you have to be good with that. That's what unconditional love is. Whatever makes you, if that will make you happier, go do that. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It's not extremely painful if you are in love with that person. But if they said that to you, that's what unconditional love is. Okay, go. If that, if that will make you happier then go. That's what unconditional love is. So when I think of that, that's pretty much well what I mean by it. And that is something that I have learned so much from my divorce. It just brought me to finally kind of knowing how to unconditionally love somebody. And not it's not easy to do, but it, I really believe it's possible to get there. But it just opened my eyes to what it really is. And that's how relationships should be. Like I have said to people, I would rather go through my brother and sister dying over and over again than doing that whole divorce experience again. And when I think about why that is, mainly it is because the divorce, I should say my brother and sister dying, had nothing to do with my faults, my mistakes, my decisions, had nothing to do with me. It was just this freak accident. But my divorce was because... I didn't wake up early on and enough in my life or I'm a failure as a father, a husband, a son, a brother. Like I failed in all those areas. These two children are here. Are they ever going to forgive me for this? I mean, the list goes on of things that I could turn around somehow and put on myself. And that's why I feel like the divorce was super difficult because as I just said, it's so so hard to make that decision when you wake up in the middle of it and realize, wow, I made a mistake. Shouldn't have done this. Now what do you do? And that's not an easy decision. But yet through all of that, I learned about unconditional love. If I could go back and not make the same mistakes again, would I do that to chance never truly feeling and getting to know what unconditional love is and means and looks like? I don't know. That's a tough choice. But again, carrying that weight of I am a failure, I am not good enough this whole time is still weighing on me. And that's why pills felt good. That's why eventually heroin felt good is because I could numb that weight. I could numb that negative critic in my head that just was abusive and that I let control and run my life. And that's what drugs did for me. And that's why it became such a, a spiral downwards quickly. So the long part here that I'll make very quickly is obviously the addiction started and then I ended up being so physiologically and psychologically dependent on it. I ended up stealing from people that I loved, that loved me and people who I didn't even know. And I ended up eventually getting caught. That catches up to you eventually, as everybody knows. And then I'm in jail. And I pretty much well figured out within two or three days in jail that either I had to figure out how to change my mindset about who I am 
or I'm just going to keep going down this road and maybe eventually die sooner rather than later. So I had to make that decision quickly because you'll go crazy in jail if you don't. Either you're going to make this flip or you're not. And you had to do it quickly. And I just decided, all right, let's give this positive way a look. Let's give it a shot. How can I do this? I had to learn how to stop thinking negatively. I had to learn how to stop letting that critic in my head take control, be abusive. And the best way I can explain how to do this is I just started paying attention to thinking as much as I possibly could. I started paying attention to it in such an objective manner where my observations weren't swayed by wants and desires. I didn't allow anything to interfere with what I was observing. I started meditating a lot in jail because you are kind of put where I was. You're put alone inside. You're just alone by yourself a lot. So I started meditating like for hours a day. And I really started observing myself as if I was a complete stranger. It's something I say often on the show that we have to learn how to do because it's so important. And what you end up doing is I just would challenge myself to get through the night just today. How far past yesterday can I push now? Like, how far can I go? And I would catch myself in these negative thinkings. When you learn to watch, you can just catch yourself. Oh, here's a negative thought. And eventually I could, it was a week or two, I could get into this self-pity mode and not even know it. All of us can. When we're in self-pity, you don't even realize you're in it and you learn nothing and you grow nowhere and you grow nowhere and you don't grow at all. When you're in self-pity, nothing good comes from it. I've tried to find one good thing from it and nothing good comes from poor me. And I lived a good chunk of my life in that poor me stage. But you observe yourself like you're a stranger. Don't let anything interfere with that observation. And you'll see how abusive we are to ourselves. And you can learn how to change that. And it takes time to figure there's so many distractions that's why jail was the key for me because there was no distract there's no escaping it i had to do it and so i would like to say the big lesson that biggest thing biggest one thing that jail taught me because i learned so much i learned so much in each of these stages but the biggest thing it taught me was how to treat myself better how to listen to myself how to love myself how to accept myself how to at least find the ways forward to start being more confident as an individual how to be more confident in failing that's what jail taught me if I could go back and figure out how not to go to jail, would I give that up? I don't think so. <laughs> Once again, here we are with this crazy challenging moment, and yet what I was able to bring from it, what I learned from it, I would not trade it for anything. But then I ended up going from jail into a short-term and then long-term rehab, and so many things I could talk about that I pulled from this. Some of the important things are, I would say, my relationship with time having patience, giving things time to grow, giving things time to change. Because when I first got in there, I seen everybody was in a rush to get out. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. And I realized, well, that's your first mistake. Like I cannot get into this mindset that I'm missing out on something because if I don't pay attention to what I'm doing right now and do the work I need to do on me right now, I'm going to get out, screw up, end up doing this all over again. And I certainly didn't want to do that. So I made a point to constantly remind myself, what do you have to do to be in right now, to work on yourself now, not worry about child support, not worry about bills, not worry about this or that, worry about how I can fix the true root of the issue now in this moment. And that's what rehab taught me, to really just be patient. I developed a quote as well. This is a bonus, what I learned in rehab. <laughs> I, learned, I developed a quote as soon as I got in there too because of this rushing around and rushing to get out. And I realized people who slip up and fail end up getting too confident 
they think they they got their recovery and they can just go do whatever they want and they end up screwing up and something tragic happens and they're not prepared for it and they end up slipping up and starting all over. And this quote I came up with is, I know I got this as long as I know I don't got this. I said it to myself every day and it always reminded me, you can do this, just always be aware that you could slip up and fail and you'd have to do this over again. So that was this quote, I know I got this as long as I know I don't got this. I loved it. And I said that to myself several times a day whenever I caught myself trying to rush out, whenever I caught myself feeling like, oh, I'm missing out on this thing outside of here, this concert or this or that. And it always just kept me grounded in rehab. One of the biggest things I want to just share with people, and that can obviously change as I grow and as I change. (laughs) One of the biggest things is just if we can develop that awesome relationship with failing and learn how to pay attention in it, you do end up getting honestly like, oh, I failed again. This is great. What can I get from it? Because you end up being able to learn so much from it. And it's not that you fail intentionally, but when it happens, there's so much to be gotten from it. So that is one of the most important things I love sharing with people is just try your best to pay attention amongst pain, amongst failure, amongst suffering, whatever it is you're going through. Try to pay attention, whether it's your fault or not, whether it was because of your mistakes or not, whatever you're in, learn something from it, grow from it, find that silver lining. You don't have to go around shoving your cup half full attitude and down everybody's face, but find it because there's something there. And there can be something taken from any situation. Open your eyes in the midst of pain. I'm telling you, it doesn't make the pain any lighter, but it gives you the ability to simultaneously hold that joy and that beautiful thing that you got from it at the same time with that pain and suffering, which in return makes it bearable, makes it worth it, gives it meaning, gives it purpose. And that is one of the biggest things I want to give to people. And I also feel like mistakes are there to always kind of remind us that we all make mistakes. We all screw up. I had a a nice streak going of no mistakes. And I think if you're in it for too long, you almost forget you're in it. And I feel like that's when authenticity fades and genuinity fades and all those other things. Vulnerability fades. I feel like all those things fade when you're in it for too long without making a mistake. (laughs) Because I got caught lying about something pointless and stupid. But it was just like, it was that bump that brought me back, like kind of shook me. It was like, wait, wait, yeah, you screw up too, buddy. And we need that too to remind ourselves and keep us balanced from not going the opposite direction of of cockiness and being overconfident. It's like when you have just the right amount of confidence paired with humility, you can go so far because you'll be able to learn from anybody. You'll be able to learn so quickly. And you also have the confidence to apply everything you're learning. And that is a beautiful combination. When you can find just the right balance of those two things, I think that's so important. And that's where I'm at now is really trying to balance out the confidence, trying to build it up. And I feel like that bump in the road that shook me up, that reminded me, okay, we all, we all suck. As Gary Vaynerchuk says, that reminder that we all make mistakes, that we all screw up, that's good as well. And that becomes a good thing. And that can keep you aware of yourself. It's a great tool. It's a great guide. And when I got caught in that, it was just like, boom, that's right. Yeah. There's a song lyrics I love and it's your darkness is shining. My darkness is shining. And it's a beautiful song lyric because it is, we all screw up and we all make mistakes and that's okay. But when you learn to pay attention to them, wow, that's the way to go. 
So those were kind of the the little quick rundown of some of the biggest challenges of my life and what I learned from them. Like siblings dying really taught me not to sweat the small things. My divorce brought me to knowing truly and understanding honestly what unconditional love means. My addiction and self-hatred that led me to an addiction that led me to jail. Jail taught me how to treat myself better, how to talk to myself better, how to start applying confidence to my life. Rehab, short-term and long-term, just gave me an awesome and incredible relationship with time and the ability to be patient, give it time to grow, give it time for change. Everything takes time. Nothing ever happens overnight. And I guess, once again, the overall lesson would be we have to learn from the shit in our lives. All right, well, I hope this wasn't too boring. I don't know what I'm going to exactly talk about next week on the next solo episode of Room 9, but let me know what you guys think of the solo episodes. They're usually just me ranting, hopefully coherently, but ranting nonetheless. And, you know, that's it. Room9podcast.com. Buy a t-shirt. Give 20 bucks or more. You get a t-shirt for our project we're starting. I have a meeting about this project coming up, so I'm hoping that we're going to get some traction with it because I really want to start building Speaking of being patient with time, building this whole database, I don't know what to call it, website of videos that you can search is going to take a long time. But I love it because that's what building a brand is too, is you have to honestly and authentically and be vulnerable and you have to connect with people, like-minded people that your brand is. And usually your brand should be a representation as well of the people running the brand. And that's what I would like to think we give here at Room 9 is just what we can, (laughs) just authenticity and being vulnerable, and all that other jazz. But that's all I got for y'all. Much love. Thank you for listening. And I will be talking to you guys soon. All right. Peace. Mm